Most politics is personality types. It's personality. People who yeah. gravitate towards being a Republican or conservative, they are of one type. They probably have lower open mind. They've done studies on this. And the Hexaco score, lower openness to new experience, yeah. lower agreeableness, lower forgiveness. And that's so part of the thing that's good about America is you have these parties that bring out both sides. The part that wants justice. Hey, you work for your money. If you're born in the inner city or in a very poor part of West Virginia, we can pretty much predict with high accuracy that much higher chance you're gonna end up in jail, Correct. much higher chance you're gonna end up in drug with drug addiction, alcoholism. <clears throat> so should we put people in jail for selling drugs in the inner city? Because they're a victim of their circumstance. They're a victim of their circumstance. Well, 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 in your opinion, what are your guys' opinions? Well, well, so, I mean, no, it's an interesting question that, that you raised. And, and I guess my response would be that the decision to sell drugs or take drugs, and whether it's an environmental determinant, determinant or whether you have a genetic proclivity to that, or whether you had parents who beat you, or whether you, whatever, there are determinant, there are causal factors that created that circumstance. Yes. Right. What I'm saying is, should you hold people accountable? The answer is yes, because that creates a set of environmental circumstances, which is one set of causal variables that affects whether people choose to do that or not. Yeah, but shouldn't you, let's say that's true, but shouldn't you treat people differently? I'll give you an example. If you had somebody who's handicapped, they can't think through stuff. This is an actual case I read about, I don't remember exactly. It was a mother, and her handy, somewhat handicapped son. <clears throat> and But he was like low IQ, like 90 IQ. Wasn't that smart? She talked her son into helping her kill her ex-husband or her boyfriend. And he did it. I feel like justice is you treat him differently right. because he has an IQ of 90. He's influenced by the mom. Yeah. You can't see him the same yeah. as a yeah. completely cogent person. Yeah. So yeah. if we yeah. agree on that, but if we agree on that. You have to agree with the other. Thank you. Right. Rome's right. right. Then you should agree that people in the inner city who grew up in horrible circumstances shouldn't go to maximum security uh, prison and, and for selling. That. But that's what yeah. ha- that happens. Yeah, yeah. and no, I, I, I agree. Yeah. I totally agree. You have three strikes in California. Yeah. And so I just to go on the record, I'm for legalizing all drugs. All okay. of them. Nah. If I want to take cocaine and blow my brains out, that's my prerogative. Yeah. But we're not going to have a government welfare program that takes care of me if I blow my brains out. Right, so no, there wouldn't be health care for you nope. if you do that. Nope. So do you believe no. there should be universal health care? No, not at all. Not government pay nope. for it. It's none of the government's prerogative. So who should take care of the elderly and the sick, in your opinion? Um, their families, uh, philanthropists. What, what about churches? Yeah. Churches. <laughs> What if they don't have that? What if you have people in poverty and everybody's poverty? Do you leave them? There's no perfect system this side of eternity. Uh, here's the thing. I actually there's no feel, perfect system. I actually feel like if we actually go to your system that you think you're, is like ideal system for you, you would see all these edge cases and you would want to create a system to take care of them. But because we cannot Yeah, it's see. called philanthropy, it's called caring, it's called community, it's called all sorts of things that are centralized 
bureaucratic system has uh, destroyed. What's the difference between? I, by the way, on the record, I'm gonna go on record. Go. I 100% agree with Joel on this. So I'm taking a political stand. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I'll give you. I'm gonna give you real facts that have been proven over and over. It projects. I grew up quite a bit in North Carolina around housing projects, okay? Mm -hmm. I, when I moved to North Carolina, we literally moved next door to a housing project. My bus pickup was in the middle of the housing project, and that's how I learned to play basketball. All my friends, mm -hmm. it's funny, I had two sets of friends. I got to know through church, like Zach and Rick and these people, and then I had these inner city friends that I played basketball with. Mm -hmm. And those projects, not, they should be burned to the ground. And they've done a lot of studies on both sides in New York City when they built these towers. My sister, my dad's from Harlem. I asked my dad from Harlem and my aunt, who just died at 99 years old. She's been there. She was born in 1917, I think, in, in uh, Puerto Rico and then came to New York. She said, when I grew up, we were poor, but we didn't know it. We had a mom and a dad. Mm -hmm. And she's like, we got one pair of clothes a year, but we thought everybody did. Mm -hmm. And and then the housing projects came in in the 60s and 70s, which they meant well. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden you took that away. And these things are the worst. My, my sister's husband works in Harlem and he's like, Ty. You have no idea what goes on in these projects. He's a painter. He's like, these are hell holes. And people are trapped in it. He doesn't even like to talk to people. He goes fishing. He's like, I work Monday through Friday. He's like, you know how many people I see get killed? This, this, this. Mm -hmm. So you mean well, <laughs> yeah. but you ruin everything. You can't. That's and that's what only you, what happens with government. Right? You, yeah, but you can't look just at edge cases because what Joel's saying, because I agree with, if you try to remove all edge cases, edge cases being one family that starts to death, you end up causing mass poverty for 5,000 other people. So somebody has to... And beyond There's no system where nobody starves to death and takes care of the middle of the building. Blockchain might be able to do it. Yeah. Well, See, blockchain uh, makes it all automated and smart contracts and things we're talking about. Performance driven. If there's no, as long as there's humans, there's people taking kickbacks on the projects. Yeah, I mean, is there people, you're right. when there's people and greed and mating, which people want status and money, they're stealing from the poor. So when you do these government, so programs, we came back to robots making decisions. Well, at the at the end, at the end of the day, um, all, you can't have charity that is based in violence. And if you don't pay your taxes, see who gets violent. So, so ultimately, all government charity comes at the end of a gun. The sheriff. They collect taxes. They collect sure. taxes. That's what Joel does. That's what a libertarian like so, Joel does. So, so, so you can't you can't ultimately have charity that that, that come that is that is that is dependent and predicated on violence. It's. Enforcement, so, 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 I call it. If you don't pay your taxes, enforcement, and then eventually they start taking things from you, and you don't come out of the house, they come in with guns. Yeah, which is I'm I'm saying. And if you yeah. fight back, they so shoot basically, you. let's put it this way. So so, so they're they're going to come in and take and take my possessions and give it to somebody else that somebody a thousand miles away in an office has determined is more deserving of it than letting me spend it the way I want to. And that's charity?
So let's talk about something that is talked about once in a while in business, but not enough. I was uh, talking with Alex, my business partner, about scaling uh, this new business we've launched. And he, of course, is always a little bit more, how do I put it, gung-ho than I am about scaling. And so he's like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's let's get the company up. And, and I quoted him something that I read. I can't remember the exact words now. Basically said, you can only scale a business as quickly as you can hire, you can scale hiring. And there's a lot of truth to that because I don't care what business you're in, the hardest part is not product development, it's not marketing. Marketing a good product is easy, you know? If you can't market it, it's usually because your product isn't good and nobody wants it, you know? You can't sell underwater basket weaving to the world no matter how good your marketing skills are. If you pick something that people want, like Uber, pick something that people wanted, it just sold because, you know, Uber and Lyft, people didn't want to have to get a taxi and they don't want to have their own cars. So if product and marketing is not the hard part of business, especially when you want to scale, what is the hard part? In my opinion, it is growing your employee base, your assistants, your marketing team, you know, your right-hand man or woman, your COO getting good accounting bookkeepers, like this is, you should focus for 2019 on being really good at hiring. And one of the reasons that I partnered, you know, on my show with ZipRecruiter is just because it's a powerful tool because they actually, unlike most job sites, ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates for you. And, and that's, look, that's unfortunately, like Warren Buffett said, when he graduated from Wharton, he thought it was going to be really hard to make a lot of money because there'd be so many talented people in the world. And then he said he went out in the real world and it was like, wait a second, there wasn't that many good people. And for that reason, if you can use technology like what ZipRecruiter has to narrow down the needle in the haystack in 2019, that's going to be when you look back on 2019, you'll be like the domino that you pushed that made all the other dominoes fall in place was efficient hiring. ZipRecruiter is so effective. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. So you can start off this year strong. You just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash tie. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash T-A-I. ZipRecruiter.com slash tie. It's the smartest way to hire. I was just listening to the audiobook Titan Rockefeller. Everyone should listen to this book. Even if you don't, not everyone likes Rockefeller, right? Because he's a controversial person. But there's some very interesting takeaways for everybody. And one of the things was Rockefeller, he started his first real job outside of like his upbringing was as an accountant. And he always said, none of my competitors know their numbers better than me. And it's my competitive advantage. He understood his business's numbers. I was like, after I read this book, I was like, I got to, get even better. I mean, I know my numbers, but he knew his numbers in and out, in and out. And he basically considered it his number one, you know, competitive advantage. So in the modern world, that was in the late 1800s, right? When he kind of rose up early 1900s, Rockefeller. For you and I, things have gotten more complex. The IRS code is more complex than it ever was taxes, accounting systems. Now we use software, right? Back then they would write it in ledger books. Um, 
And most entrepreneurs that follow me, when I talk to them about their accounting, it's all over the place, okay? All over the place. So you got one system for sales and one for accounting, one for inventory, too much time, too many different resources, and it's hurting your bottom line. So one of my sponsors is NetSuite, right? They're by Oracle, and they've got created a cloud-based business management software that handles all those aspects of your business, okay? So they're doing the all-in-one that everybody needs, okay? And that's why NetSuite is the world's number one cloud business system. So NetSuite right now, NetSuite is offering you valuable insights with a free guide, seven strategies to grow your profits. So go to netsuite.com slash my name, netsuite.com slash tie. That's netsuite.com slash T-A-I to download your free guide, seven key strategies to grow your profits. Let me spell it, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot C-O-M slash T-A-I. Okay, know your numbers. And I wish you the best, and I hope you become as big as Rockefeller, and you remember you heard about it on my show, and uh, you give me half your money later. No, I'm just joking. He had, I think, four to six hundred billion in today's dollars. So if my podcast helps you do that, and NetSuite helps you do that, at least take me out to a steak dinner. Well, so, so, okay, so let me, let me just add a point here, here to this, because I think what Joel's saying and translate it into my uh, bizarre language, uh, is that it, it has something to do with calculating. No, That it violates uh, our, our evolved psychology. So we did evolve in small group living, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and in small group living, conflicts arose. How did they resolve themselves? Well, one is, okay, you fuck my wife, I'll kill you. <laughs> okay, fine. But the other is, there are the village elders. You know, yeah. a, so this person, you know, came on my land and stole my shit. And so I appeal to the village elders and those so they confer and then they pass a judgment. So it's all a very local situation. So what we do is we have this uh, evolved psychology that's designed for small group living. We transplant it into this weird modern world where we have bureaucracies and other weird shit that's making decisions for us. And very big, and, and very big. Yeah, and it's 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 evolutionarily unnatural. Hmm. And this is where I agree with you on this uh-huh. issue. You know, it violates our sense of uh, justice. So so even things like, like welfare, now some people, uh, th- this taps different aspects of our evolved morality. Some people say, well, I don't want people sponging off my stuff. I work hard for my money, and these other people are not working, and they're just sponging off me. Mm-hmm. That's one. It, it's a reciprocal violation. Okay, free riders. We have we have an evolved mechanism against free riders. We don't like that. But then there's another set of our evolved psychology that is more altruistic. Yes. That is, yes. it, it's it's called need need based transfer. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're run through a hard time in your life. I'm going to help you. The village is going to help you mm-hmm. because when you're running through a hard time, you're like, we're going to help you. Mm-hmm. And there is a kind of a, what's called indirect reciprocity. Mm-hmm. There are different terms for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but different political groups highlight one or the other aspect of our evolved psychology. Mm-hmm.
Yeah, so Democrat, right. liberal. And I'll tell you this, to throw that out, you know another thing people do? Most politics is personality types. It's personality. People who yeah. gravitate towards being a Republican or conservative, they are of one type. They probably have lower open mind. They've done studies on this. And the Hexaco score, lower openness to new experience, yeah. lower agreeableness, lower forgiveness. And that's so part of the thing that's good about America is you have these parties that bring out both sides. The part that wants justice. Hey, you work for your money. I'm not going to give you. And then you, I call it the father and the mother instinct. So to me, Republicans, and this sounds a little gender, sexist, whatever. Republicans are more the father side. You follow your trip, the dad says, life's tough. Get up. <laughs> but you also need a mother that goes like, let me come cry on my shoulder. So a lot of the Democratic nurturing. principles are nurturing. It's like, look, you know, Donald Trump came in and cut meals and wheels. A lot of people are like... Okay, the Republicans are like, why should we have to help Meal and Wills? And there's a part of me that's like, elders should be taken care of by their kids. But there's also a part of me that's like, do we have to cut that? Couldn't we cut a little bit of yeah, military yeah, exactly. thing? Do we have to start with Meals on Wheels? So I, th I honestly think we literally spend our life arguing over our personality types, just like you say. Right, right. We're right. a little more aggressive, so we're like, bigger military. Uh, we might yeah. do, tolerate a little bit of welfare if they wouldn't call it. Charity, because it, if I say I'm going to give your money to that guy, that's not me being charitable, right? So, right, right. You, you can't really like call that externalities. I mean, I'm not going to. But so I bet you, you should try to give my Okay, just to, um, I'm sorry to uh, reiterate my point here. So, the Ache in Paraguay, they have a food sharing system. To try. Uh, okay, so, yeah. So hunting. Okay, you think, well, the, the, the good hunter, man, gets a bigger share of the meat. They don't. Right. Okay. Right. The good hunter, all the hunt, the meat from the hunt gets pooled, and there are central distributing systems, and they distribute it basically based on family size and need. Okay. Not true of gathering. This is the interesting thing. Hunting is a high-variance resource. Gathering is not. Gathering is based on how much effort you put in mm -hmm. to get. And so berries, can you what I gather, I'm going to keep for me and my family. Uh -huh. So you're saying gathering tribes are different than hunting no, tribes? No, no, no. Ache are both. Okay. Okay, what I'm saying, but the, 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 the commodities the, are meat resources. Different. So if you're a hunter, you're going to be successful one week. You're not in two, you go two weeks with no meat. Okay, that's why they pool it. So high variance resources, they pool and, and share communally low variance resources that are dependent on your own personal labor mm -hmm. that you keep for yourself and mm. your family. And so and so that well, so that would be in our society would the parallel be like entrepreneurs who kind of got lucky like So it's like it's Mark literally it's like tax system. You hit more than 1 billion dollar a year like revenue, you should have to give you should more. have to hire more because, because Mark Zuckerberg is, didn't work so much harder that he's worth 70 billion. But you can also play the devil's advocate. <laughs> he works smarter, so it's now not just But it doesn't matter. You can say the same thing about a hunter. It's actually all nutrient density of what you bring in. So gatherers bring like berries versus meat, which is very nutrient density uh, dense. So but he's not saying, saying it's that. He's not yeah, saying, I'm saying it's a He's high, saying it's, it's the variability. Yeah, it's sometimes you can be a great person. hunter and nothing yeah. walks by your blind. Yeah, you, but, but yeah. what I'm saying is that you capture big prey occasionally that yeah. is like hitting Facebook. Dollars. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is you can't replicate that thing. But so that has to be taxed. 
And if it is like normal labor, it right. shouldn't be right. 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 The footnote to this, though, is that the good hunters, better they status. benefit another way. Better status. Two yes. ways. Yeah, status. Get so, so, so one is... <laughs> we'll come back to me. So, so the good hunter takes a piece of the... the We're going to tax you, but you get all the women. No, so the good hunter takes a piece of the prime rib and gives it and says, bring this to my mistress before I go back and distribute it centrally. So first of all, so the good hunter is the mistress. The good hunters have more mistresses. And second, there's competition to keep the good hunters in the group. And so other people are motivated to take good care of the children of uh, the good hunters. So they take the splinters out, they make sure they're well fed, etc. So that they don't leave to go to another group. Exactly. So the kids exactly. Are, yeah. So they don't drag off with good. Presbyterians and become Methodists. Their hunters are leaving America and go to Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So there are benefits. They're just not, the hunter doesn't get directly a bigger chunk of the meat, uh -huh. but there are other indirect benefits. But the thing that I would say, just speaking to Joel too, on top of that is, if you just do a mental experiment, what if you switched it? to, let's say, let's just take one thing. You got rid of universal, uh, you got rid of welfare. So the question would, would inner cities, which, or, or real rural places, would they get worse than they are now? It can either stay the same, get worse, or get better. That's the only three logical. I mean, how can it get better? How can yeah, inner cities, how can it get worse? You mean? No, that's fine, how can it get better? How can oh, because, because universal because people, healthcare Let's, take, let's, say, let's do welfare. Healthcare, let's do welfare. You get rid of welfare. I People respond to rewards. And one thing that, that Warren, uh, Charlie Munger says, beware of perverse incentives. So, for example, if you're paying per child that people have, people can have more kids. Right. If you get more welfare, guaranteed that is common sense. What I would introduce, and I totally yeah, agree with that, uh, you know, absolutely people are. But one of the things that is critical that people don't take into consideration is the point I raised just a second ago, which is the variance. In inner cities and in the projects, what you have is high variance in resources, partly due to drugs or whatever. So you have some people driving around in, in the Rolls's yeah. uh, and other people, you know, going to McDonald's. Let's talk about four pillars of good life, health, wealth, love, happiness. That last one, happiness. I mean, in many ways, this is kind of the purpose of our time here on planet Earth. You, we all want to be happy. You know, everything else we do is really towards that goal, if you think about it. And um, I will tell you this. If there's something interfering with your happiness, you need to deal with it. Okay? And there's lots of ways to do that. Some people like to use, you know... Meditation. Some people like to go jogging. Some people spend time with family. But never underestimate professional help. People have devoted their lives to learning how to help people with things. So one of my sponsors, BetterHelp, uh, is online counseling. All right? It's great. You connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. It's convenient. You get help on your own time at your own place. And you schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with a therapist. So, like I said, this is an under underestimated part of, of life. 
And, you know, people use professionals like if your teeth hurt, you use a dentist, a professional. You don't go, let me fix them on my own. And uh, nothing wrong with brushing your own teeth, but there's a time and a place when things get to a boiling point and you bring in a professional. Whether it's a dentist, whether it's something wrong with your house that you can't fix on your own, but also emotional, mental, happiness things. So um, BetterHelp has licensed professional counselors specialized in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, self-esteem. Anything you share is confidential. Okay, if you're not happy with the counselor for any reason, you can just request a new one at no additional charge. They've got 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states. It's also available worldwide. Four communication modes, text, chat, phone, video. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. They got desktop, mobile, web, Android, Apple, you know, so you can schedule video and phone sessions, generally weekly, um, unless your therapist wants more. You got broad expertise in the network which may not be locally available just keep that in mind and you don't have to drive to an office which is very convenient uh financial aid is available for those who qualify it's secure convenient professional affordable it's not a crisis line best of all it's a truly affordable option so for ty lopez show listeners you get 10 percent off your first month with my discount code discount code ty so why not get started today go to betterhelp.com ty you simply fill out a questionnaire Help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love. So go to betterhelp.com slash T-A-I. When you have high variance in resources, what that creates is in male psychology, I'm going to do the risk taking to gain because I want to get the high resource. That's why there's more crime. Yeah. By male. So this, this is the fascinating. So you say, well, poverty causes X. Well, causes X in different in ways in male brains and female brains, cause male brains to take the risks. The women aren't taking the risks, or at least not as much in those circumstances. So I think the variance in resources is a critical part of the causal explanation for these things. But so if you give, a, there's not enough money. It's you look at the math, you yeah. can't just take all the money. If you gave took all the money from Bill Gates, it doesn't it doesn't help. If you gave every penny he has okay. let's say is let's take Bezos, hundred billion dollars. And there's 300 Bezos, Jeff Bezos. I give 100 billion to 330 million people. How many? How much dollars is that? Yeah, you do the math right now. If you take if you take U.S. welfare and give it to every person in the U.S., it's thousands of dollars. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. It's, it's you know, it's $25,000 per person in the U.S., our current expenditure. And where does it go? Wait, so well, I, I, I would like, I would like to bring in one other. Yeah. Every American. You, you take the budget, divide it by the number of Americans, and it's like $25,000 a person. I mean, it's, it can't, it's, it's, it can't, it's way up. It can't there. be. GDP of the United States is $45,000 a head. Pretty sure about that. Okay, I'm going to book this up. Because the entire GDP of the United States is... Maybe it's not 25, but it's... Yeah. It's big. A few thousand, I believe. It's, it's big. Thousand, it's yeah. big. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let me inject one other thing. We're, we're, we're taking a, a contextual, you know, a multi-threaded context and, and trying to strip out one little, one little issue, welfare, okay? In holistic thinking, you, you, can, never, you can never strip out from a context 
one little thread because everything relates to everything, and, and so you can't you can't just deal with with one. Are, are you with me? Yeah. So I would just like to inject the fact that in most of the in in most inner city, especially crumbling inner city situations, Detroit being the number one example, perhaps St. Louis being number two. St. Louis has lost fifty thousand in population every 10 years since 1950, okay? So if you go to St. Louis today, you will find fully excavated expressways that are now grass fields. And they've got actually community gardens on, on ramps that were excavated for expressways that they abandoned because the you know, rust belt, okay? Here's my deal. You can't just look at this as a single issue thing. If let's take the extreme example of the single mom of four in a, in a food desert. I mean, in my term, a food desert is a is a big deal. Okay, yeah. most of those are in very crumbling areas. I mean, Baltimore has two hundred thousand acres in the city. St. Louis has more than that. Detroit has I don't know like two million in the city of Detroit. If you if if, if the single mom of four who had an entrepreneur who came to a knowledge society conference on, <laughs> on a scholarship sponsorship b- because somebody Promo. sponsored and said here's a here's an up and comer you know we're gonna we're gonna sponsor three minority single moms from Detroit to come to the knowledge society entrepreneurial conference okay and she comes and she drinks the kool-aid I mean goes home and says, Man, I'm gonna start a food business in my precinct. So she goes to a vacant lot and she puts in a garden and she gets some chickens and rabbits and she starts making, you know, pot pies in her apartment and selling them to the people in the in the complex. City government stops like within 30 minutes she's gonna have 10 bureaucrats knocking on her door saying this isn't zoned commercial. You've got to have a fire extinguisher licensed on, on the wall. You've got to have handicapped parking, handicapped access, bathrooms, a HACCP plan, uh, uh, all right? Uh, um, you know, approved electrical, uh, a fire code approved. The fact is that freedom and liberty enable way more people than taking the few extreme examples of, of, of who doesn't get helped in freedom and liberty and trying to create a bureaucracy to be a, a, a security net for every conceivable extreme in the issue. It, it's not perfection or, or horrendous. It's it's, it's weighing the risk-benefit of two imperfect systems, and I would suggest that in aggregate, the, the, the falling through the cracks element of people in a freedom-based system is going to be less, and people will be more affirmed and empowered in that system overall than a bureaucratic system that's centralized trying to make sure that not a single person falls through the cracks. Blockchain will solve a lot of this stuff. People, less people will fall through the cracks. There's other ways. I, big government, look, this is where, Joel, you will like 
cryptocurrency because uh-huh. you're learning about it, as right, you said. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Cryptocurrency hates centralized mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, right. It blames most problems on centralized, which maybe is an extreme thing. But I wrote a tweet today that kind of hit me in the shower. As I study history, basically, we follow crazy people. When I read from a personality standpoint, from what I've learned from you, Dr. Buss, like Adolf Hitler is a classic narcissist and probably psychotic and probably Machiavellian. Stalin was extremely Machiavellian. You know, the, Ma, uh, Mao Zedong, have you ever read about Mao? Yeah. Mao Zedong oh, killed yeah. the most people of our time, way more than Hitler. Oh, yeah. 50 to 100 million people, way more than Stalin. Yeah, yeah. He may be the most narcissistic person. You don't even have to know what narcissism is. I read his, this, there's this new anthology of him. It's a biography. Probably the most narcissistic human to walk this planet. So what happens in centralized power, because he got centralized, he like ran all over China. Mm-hmm. And then you have Stalin run all of U.S. Well, it wasn't USSR, all of what we call Russia. And then in Hitler, all of Germany and central powers. There's huge problems. And one of them is just the people who want to control are the worst people. And I think the same thing happens even in the U.S. Mm-hmm. It's the worst are rising to the top. I mean, no offense to Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton or Obama. They're not the best people. There could be a lot better people. I'm not saying who the worst or the best. I guarantee you. In the last election, I don't know when I heard more people say, we have 330 million American citizens, and this is the best we can do. Only two. Really? BS. I meet people that are sharper. But the problem is, in a centralized, it selects for certain traits. For example, who's the best campaign person? Uh Why do you want somebody who's good at campaigning? That's completely Uh separate than who's good at Right. Debates. Administration. Even debates. That's like debates yeah. bring out people that are great yeah. at debating. Yeah. Not necessarily being great as president. Yeah. So this is what I was saying. The blockchain might be the answer to every conversation we're having where it will just remove that whole thing. Could, like, could you unpack that? Well, how will that? So I'll give you a practical thing. Just This is a, just a simple, not a complicated. Right now... Unfortunately, a lot of people don't go to vote, right? So democracy works when a, a large number of people vote. What percentage of people actually go to the polls? I mean, to the to the voting station. Do you know? It was higher than what I thought it would be. I think it's like what uh, twenty-five to up to fifty percent. I, I, I was going to say thirty-five before. Yeah. So let's say thirty. Fifty percent. It's less than thirty-five. Good. Thirty-five is not good. Yeah. No. That's 35 right. not you'll yeah. get more accurate when you have more I think what if it was as easy as everybody in America votes by going on their iPhone it's completely high it's highly secure it's unmanipulated that you can't manipulate it'd be almost impossible because everybody could see the transactions on an open ledger and everybody votes now you might say that doesn't matter that much well maybe not in America but it matters in a lot of countries in the world where Idi Amin or Putin, how many times has Putin won in, in Russia? He wins, how long has he been president for? <laughs> Putin's always president. <laughs> what you're suggesting is a blockchain type system. Yeah, because Putin's Decentralized. Decentralized. Everybody in Russia who has a phone, no human can impact. And you can't go to a station where there can be people watching and on and on. It's just anonymous and everybody feels that way. People are going to vote. 
So maybe not as much America. for the bullshit is low. Much. It's almost impossible even, to manipulate. Even rewarding, like even welfare or all these things. Yes, if people they're blockchain, blockchain, it's a yeah, guy. You know how many people manipulate. are getting collecting social security on an uncle's social security number that's been dead for thirty years? Mm, right. This kind of thing happens all right, the right, time. Right. I mean, just think about money. If you had a whole bunch of money in your bank account, you told anyone in your neighborhood, "Here's three rules to get the money." If you have a runny nose, if you, you know, haven't had a job for a month, and well, what people gonna figure out how to get that money? They're gonna put Absolutely. they're gonna they're gonna put something on their nose that makes that it right. That's another one. <laughs> yeah, I'm a kid. And people just gonna start doing that. People we respond to rewards. This is the free will thing. If you ever want to argue free will, or this isn't free will, this is called free riders. Free riders patients to be free riders when it's to our advantage to be free riders. Yes. But we could eliminate all that. Then you could go deeper with it. For example, I mean, this is, if you want to hear me get super far out on politics, I have seen a system that works. It sounds outrageous to say. The only system I've ever seen of leadership that works pretty well, elite, and when I say pretty well, 10 times better than ours, is how they used to do it in the Bible or how the Amish still do it. You can't want to be a pastor. It's impossible to become a leader of an Amish community. It's impossible. If you, from your childhood, aspired to be the pastor that runs the community, the bishop. First, so this is how they do it. They have a nomination. All the adults, male and female, vote for who they want to nominate. Okay? So in the Amish community, nobody wants to nominate you. They'll never vote for you if you're, like, campaigning. They don't value that. Right, right. But even if they did, if you convince all the Amish... To vote for you because you're a smooth talker. So they vote your nom and they usually normally like four to six people. They literally take straws, out of a hat. put it in the middle or a hat, and they pick one out. Mm -hmm. That's how you should have leaders. That's why, like in Israel, everybody goes into the army. If you want good police officers, here's a there is zero solution to our current police system of if you think there's police brutality, the only simple solution is you have a blockchain application. That literally selects who has to be a policeman for two years. It's like it's part of it's like a draft, and then you'll get some nice people, so some professional people. professional uh, people who yeah. live their lives uh, with authority. And who do you think and now applies to be authority? The, yeah, people who wow. think applies for the police department. Ain't normal people. There's a few one out of ten. TSA. Right. <laughs> but I'm just at politics. It should be we should be run by people that don't want to be politicians because they're that. That's what what did what's his name say? I do WC Fields. I do not want to be part of any club that will have me as a member. Yeah, it was, uh, that's yeah, WC Fields. Uh, yeah. So what happens is if I study history, General Custer was one of the most narcissistic people oh, yeah. in history. And he led people don't realize Custer. Last stand was a disaster for America. It caused the Native American wars. We went to war against them. It was, it's all these bad things about America. You go through history, even George Washington, not to be controversial. I know some people here yeah. love George Washington, but George Washington, nope. he had his slaves. And I just read the story of Ona Judge, who she ran away. He moved to a free, he, when he's president, he went to a free, it was free. And she ran away, and he hunted her down. So, well, the Whiskey Rebellion was yeah. the first time American troops were used against American citizens, yeah. right in George Washington's day. And it was because the far, the Western farmers in Pennsylvania 
figured out how to take Apple Nutrition to Philadelphia via brandy. Washington, George Washington had the biggest brewery, uh, the biggest distillery. Thank you, distillery. That's what the word I was looking for. Um, in America at, at the time, at the time, and he didn't like all that brandy coming in from Western Pennsylvania. But you know, in a day before refrigeration, that was the only way to get Apple Nutrition in a bouncy ox cart to Philadelphia for a week. You couldn't send apples. They'd all been bruised and mushed. So you made brandy and you could send bottles and preserve the nutrition in bottles. But Washington didn't like the competition and he thought they were making an end run around him. And so let's go. Remember this. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Every time. And so what I'm saying is all these questions to me are common sense. If we make absolute power around universal health care, it's gonna something's gonna get corrupt up there. First of all, as far as I know, Obamacare forced people to buy insurance from a private company. There's zero chance there's not some corruption. Imagine getting that contract. With Obama, there's no way. If that was on the blockchain, or even Donald Trump, what was the thing in Puerto Rico? This one company, this small firm in Wisconsin, got the rights to rebuild all Puerto Rico for like hundreds of millions. Yeah, I mean they revoked that, but yeah, yeah, they revoked it because it got out. Right, boy, trust me, who got out? Look, I'm a businessman. Five million dollar contract. I'm a businessman. If I'm friends with Obama. And, he, and I got a healthcare company, and Obama's like, hey, I'm going to do a healthcare thing. I'm going to be like, man, man, I haven't seen you in a while. I have with you. Have I told right you about my great company? <laughs> Look, they couldn't even get a website up. They built the world. Remember that website? Yeah, like $25 million. $25 million. And it crashed. I could build that myself. Yes. We could build this for a pro- How much should a website like seven thousand dollars? Yes, it should cost seven thousand. <laughs> Centralized power is a disaster. But 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 realize again in context, why did we have a dysfunctional uh, a dysfunctional healthcare system? It's because everybody's junk food. Well, no, no. It, it, you back up. You you back start backing up, backing up, and what you find is the wage controls that FDR put in as all part of the new interventionist New Deal, employers didn't have a way to reward workers because they couldn't wage control. They couldn't couldn't pay them more. So so they're looking around, well, how can we reward this good guy over here? Oh, well, we'll buy him health insurance. Right. And so, so the whole idea of an employer... Of, of, of a worker being entitled to health insurance through his employer was a man, an artificially manipulated context created by manipulation of Franklin Delaro, what I call him Roosevelt'ski, um, <laughs> nice communist. Um, uh, you know, at that at that time. Well, think about ethanol, the most harebrained oh, idea to, oh, to yeah, save ethanol. the planet. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. The main thing destroying the soul is corn, how it's grown now. It's like no to even no-till corn is a nightmare. But they're plowing up the Brazilian rainforest, the Argentina pampas, all this stuff, to grow ethanol, which <laughs> then to save the planet. So it's like, let's destroy the planet two steps and then bring it back one step. But here, Central, here again, that was centralized, though. Yeah, here, yeah, here again, I don't have a problem philosophically with ethanol. You know, if it's part of a of a holistic, multi-speciated, you know, system, the problem is 
that when you have government subsidies to go out and build a you know, $100 million uh, uh, plant, that infrastructure then dominates the decision-making, uh, the whole decision-making yeah. freedom of, of however far out in a radius it has to go from that plant to feed that plant. So our our infrastructure determines what we do. It doesn't matter whether we need ethanol, whether it is valuable, whether it destroys the soil or anything. By gum, we built that $300 million facility, and we're going to make sure that keeps going. And that's why our single-use industrial-scale infrastructure comes back to haunt us because it's not retrofitable and we become emotionally and economically dependent on it, and it then controls our decision-making for the next you know, foreseeable. Yeah, I mean, all these things. But, but, a, but a, backyard, a backyard ethanol facility where a guy's, you know, got four or five acres, and he's, that's wonderful. That that should be part of a, of a you know, multi-dimensional. Yeah, uh, not plowing up. Two million acres of pump no, with one no, guy on a huge no, tractor. No, no, no. But that, that, I'm telling you, you'll like this, Alex. The end of the day, everything comes down to money, unfortunately. <laughs> money, it's like if you sniff all the way back through, yep. like whiskey revolution, <laughs> war, da, da, da. It's like you always end up sniffing right to a pile of dollar bills. It's like, okay, that. Could something smelled in here? Yeah. So I now do, I do like that you're not red or blue, but you're green. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm libertarian. Is that what you would well, consider? No, I mean it's Joel. You've had an influence on me. I'm probably not, not green environmentalist, <laughs> but green. I mean, it, you're green money. In other words, oh, green you money. Might, you might be. Red what color is cryptocurrency? Yeah. <laughs> it's transparent. Digital. It's light transparent. Light. Joel and I are going to make a decision of our own free will to stand up and walk out of this room, and the rest of you are going to have to sit here and wait till your neurons bump up against you. No, this is a once in a lifetime conversation. I know. We need to have some Red Bull for you. Uh, Red Bull will alter. Your neurons. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm or sure. would lift your spirit. There you go. Oh, no. I didn't, I didn't say in, in, in a short order we would do that. I'm just saying. Oh, you're just saying at that. some point. I thought you were saying enough of this nonsense no, 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 conversation. No, no, no. I am. Let, I need more Dr. David Buss because Dr. David Buss sometimes forgets how smart he is and just says stuff. As if we're all supposed to be like, oh, yeah. yeah. He's like, the dualistic Cartesian. <laughs> and I see him like, stop, because no one's responding. And we're like, no, we don't know exactly what that means. He's expecting <laughs> Yes, that's exactly what I think about when I think about the coexistence of physical and that. And even him when he's giving his explanations. I literally, I'm going to use this on dates going forward. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm not. Coalitional psychology, I think, was a friend. No, but the best part is he was trying. We weren't getting his point, so he was making it with the same terms he did before. We still wasn't getting it. He was like, the variance. We're all like. 
That still doesn't prove the point because we don't understand you. So he said the same thing twice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's not the way to explain something. People are dead. Okay. We need, the only thing that would make this better, Zach, we need Ben Shapiro and, My, and, and Michael Knowles. And Rush Limbaugh. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. It would just make it awesome. But here's some, we need somebody in the spirit of, of, of fairness right here. Who would be somebody that can, is good representing the Democratic side? you got to always have all yeah, sides. Awesome. Bill Maher. Bill Maher. Who? Bill, oh, no, no. Bill Maher? Bill Maher so, um, uh, Rome, who do you think makes the Read Michael Knowles' book and you'll find some suggestions. So, Dr. Buss, would you say you are more Republican or Democrat? Uh, neither, actually. Okay. Libertarian? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, Communist? I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't <laughs> because you have to fit yeah. one of these labels yeah. or our yeah. brain yeah. will yeah. blow. Yeah. 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 Definitely not communist. <laughs> 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 You're a Republican. Yeah. Although, have you ever read Karl Marx? I'm telling you, I, Karl Marx is one of the most intelligent. He, oh, that guy, I can see why communism took over half of the world. You read it, and you're kind of like, hmm. It is kind of exploitation of labor. I hire people to work for me, and they get paid less than they're worth to me. If I can get an employee who does marketing and makes me a million dollars, and he only wants 50 grand, I'm like, yay! <laughs> I mean, th honestly, that's, I'm just trying to be fair. So when he says there's an exploitation of labor, I mean, it becomes semantics. And this, Joel, I'm gonna tell you something. I wanna, I wanna steer this. I wanna hear your, your smart people's opinion. The honest solution, which probably will never happen, will be a return to small village life. Uh, you were taught, you called it, what did you call it? Small group small living? Group living yeah. So one thing I heard from Joel, which when I was there at 19 and I've now lived out, cities cause a lot of problems. Now, to be fair, cities cause a lot of increase in creativity and there's a lot of good things out of it, but centralization of people causes a lot of problems too. Whether it's how we grow food, people are, you want the reason it's common sense is gone because when you're detached from like mm -hmm. simple things yeah, like yeah. I grow my own food, mm -hmm. when there's half the kids in the inner city mm -hmm. do not really know that yogurt comes from cows. I promise mm -hmm. you that. Mm -hmm. When you get that de detached from reality, it makes sense that you're detached from lots of realities. Mm -hmm. And so common sense, as I see as an entrepreneur, I just realized like if you want to make a million dollars a year and now, there's so many tools. It's basically like a series of probably about 300 common sense decisions. What am I good at? Okay, I'm gonna build, what do people want? Like, and I see people detach from that. This old guy, older guy came to my house. He's probably like 65 or 70. And he's like, I made an app. I retired, I made an app. I need your opinion. And so I looked at app, it was probably the worst idea. It was like solving a problem no one cared about. It's like underwater basket weaving app, okay? And I was like, did you put a lot of money in building this? He's like, I put my entire life savings of $1 million. I told him, you just lost all your money. So that's a detachment from common sense. A simple farm kid, I feel like, who grew up connected and had to, you know, okay, the barn door fell off the house. I gotta get hinges. They can do like this sequential logical stuff. Okay, I need that. The barn's half a mile away, so let me make a list for myself. So I walk there, do this. All that's lost. 
It's just, I'm telling you, Joel, it's lost. It doesn't matter if I hire somebody. I, I have somebody working for me who has an Ivy League degree. They make the worst decisions by far of anyone I've hired. And PhDs I've hired. It's like, it's no relevance. You're a smart PhD, but it's uncorrelated. I, I, you have I, a PhD think, because you were smart. It's not it, the other way. The PhD uh, didn't it, make you it, smart. It is because the, uh, people are protected. So your yes. survival does not depend on making good decisions anymore. Therefore, you've been making terrible decisions all your life, and you somehow are here, you're still here, you have not died. Yes. Therefore, you just never learn how to make good decisions. Yeah, because discernment is like a muscle. Yes. Yeah. Discernment has to be exercised, and yeah. not exercised. You love this time. I was, uh, did a speech in the Canary Islands. They brought me over there to do a speech. And uh, it, was, it was shortly after the election. And, of course, if you remember the election, this is the, the Trump-Hillary election. If you remember the, the map of the U.S. and the red and the blue, and I mean, the map looks almost red. Mm-hmm. The blue is coastal. on the west coast. It's, uh, it's totally coastal. Yeah. And it's totally urban. When, when, they, when they did it by, whatever, by county or precinct, you know, blue is, is completely urban and red is completely rural. And so at this conference... Uh, it was all about living sustainably, and they had, you know, cities that have that, that have put in uh, you know, no motorized vehicles for three days. You know, and, and it was very interesting. But 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 for sure, all of the, the the big wheels that were speaking, they were extol they were Wendell Berry, you know, extolling the virtues of the agrarian mind and 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 farmers and indigenous wisdom and the people that work the earth and how how whatever, uh, uh, commonsensical they are versus Monsanto and the scientists in the laboratory. Are you with me? Okay, so this this was a demeanor. This was a, a lot like, like a, you know, a kind of threat, you know, through the... Con- okay, so... <clears throat> no, for the record, I didn't vote for Trump. Okay, I didn't vote for Hillary. Anyway. Um, I was libertarian, which, I, which I've done for many, many, many elections. Um, so, anyway... Um, so we're having dinner, and they start, I mean, I'm the only American at, at this table. And, you know, there's Canary Islands, there's a guy from the Netherlands, France, uh, all, and they just start, how can you even, how can you even go back to America? And they just start just haranguing on the election and Trump, and, you know, how these people could be so stupid and all this stuff. So I just let this conversation run for a while, and I, I, I asked him, I said, you know, a thread of this conference, all of you guys have been saying how people that are close to the land and on the land and farm, you know, how, how, how they're better stewards, they have more understanding, you know, blah, 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 blah. yeah, 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 yeah. So have you seen that map of the election? <laughs> yeah. I said, where's the Trump votes? It's in rural America, where the farmers are. And they just... <laughs> you messed up their conversation. <laughs> I did. I did. And they hated me. They, I mean... He was asked to leave the Canary Island. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was... Persona non grata. Your passport. It's no good in It was just silence. And they just changed the subject and, and didn't... That was it.